The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. To God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithany, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and sprinkling by His blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by the power of God until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes, even though refined by fire, may be proven genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you've not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him 
and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, Love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of the Lord stands forever. This is the word that was preached to you. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley. These are very serious times. They're now projecting that more than 200,000 people will die in America from this the virus that is ravishing our land. It is time to get right with Jesus. I know the result of this infestation of disease 
and the great depression that it's bringing upon the world will result in revival and much glory for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. He is preparing us to go to heaven. He is preparing us, yes, through suffering and trials. He's preparing us, but we are shielded in all of this suffering. We are shielded by faith, by the power of God. It's time for us to spend our time and energy and prayer and repentance getting right with God. It's time for us to spend our time as we are able to give for the work of the kingdom of God. It's time for us as we're able to generously give to those who are in need. Families are facing real crisis. And this is a time when the church must step forward. We're not to foolishly consider meeting together when the government has said, do not meet. But we are to take this time to reach out in love and mercy and pour out all that we have to pay the rent, to buy food, to care for those in need. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, my heart is absolutely at peace with no fear because I know I am shielded by the power of Almighty God, my Father. So, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I am asking now for a great worldwide revival that will usher in the coming of your Son, Jesus Christ. I know we are at the end of time, I know that now is the time to repent and get right with you. And I pray now for those men and women who have walked in the, in the middle, who have not been fully sold out to you, Jesus, who have believed the lies of the modern age and have not turned from their sin. Lord, I pray for these precious ones that you have from time and eternity chosen by your foreknowledge. As Peter says in this first chapter of First Peter, strangers in the world, scattered throughout the world, who've been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be made holy for obedience to Jesus. Lord, this must happen. My Father, I plead your mercy for America. I plead your mercy for Washington, D.C. Lord, I can't, I can't but come and be very straightforward with you and say, Jesus and Father, we need you now. We need you to come in great power and authority and bring forth a great revival in this nation. For, Lord, every darkness 
has had its time. Every perversion, like a dog, has had its time to bark. But Lord, it's time for it to end. It's time for your glory to shine forth in power. Almighty God, my eyes are upon you and I trust you. I know today beyond any doubt that very hard times are ahead of us. That some of us will lose our live. We may be crowded together with family or with friends or with believers. Lord, I know now is the time to establish safe havens for God's people. Lord, I know that now is the time to get right with you to turn from all wickedness and all evil, to turn from the entertainment of the day. Lord, in this second chapter of Second Peter, Lord, this is what your word says. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Oh, my Father, we belong to you. That that we could declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into the wonderful light. Oh, Lord. Today, as aliens and strangers in this wicked world, I pray, O oh God, you will turn every listener now against the wickedness of their inner desire that wars against their soul. Almighty King, I know it's time to get right with you. Lord, I don't want to live the rest of my life. I don't want to live one more moment for any human evil desire i want to live entirely for for your will father lord all of us have spent enough time in the past living like the pagans living in debauchery and lust drunkenness orgies carousing detestable idolatry lord we're not going to plunge into any of those things or we've lived in pride and and anger and bitterness. Lord, we're not going to plunge into these wicked things. So I come, Father, asking for the pouring out of your Holy Spirit. I come, Father, asking for your mercy. I come asking for the power and presence of your mighty Holy Spirit. I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm glad you're listening to Pilgrim's Progress today. I have some things to say to you that I think will be very helpful from the Word of God. I was in the prayer closet 
called me to open the scriptures. And he began to show me what he wanted me to say to you today. So please, what I'm going to share with you is a word from God. It's not from my heart. It's from God's heart. In this first chapter of the book of Peter, he's saying that, well, let me read it for you. Strangers in the world, that is, sojourners, people who are traveling through because we recognize that we are called by God to journey as Pilgrim did toward that celestial city. People not recognized by the world, not lifted up and praised by the world, but men and women humble before God, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood. Now, chosen by the foreknowledge of God through or by the means of the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. So if you were chosen by God and all of us, all men and women, boys and girls, are chosen by God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten or one-of-a-kind Son, that whosoever believeth on him should have eternal life. So this is not a God-selection process. This is a self-selection process by responding to the sanctifying or holy work of God to purify us and prepare us for eternity. Now, that brings me to a story in the Old Testament that I need to share with you today. Jeremiah was a prophet. He was a prophet of righteousness, of holiness. He suffered greatly for rebuking the sin of the king and of the high priest. He was beaten and even put in stocks. He was cast into a well where they expected him to die. It's this Jeremiah who is called the weeping prophet because his heart was so broken by the evil of his day. We find in Jeremiah, the 18th chapter, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. It is this message that I bring to you today. It is God's message. It is God's word. It is not my word to you. It is God's word to you. It was the message that Jeremiah was sent down to the potter's house to observe. And I want you to know that this message is still true today. 
and it is frighteningly so. So I went down to the potter's house, Jeremiah 18.3, and I saw him working at the wheel. The potter's wheel is where the clay is placed. The clay is dug out of the ground. It is then walked upon to soften it. As necessary, liquid is added, water is added to soften it even more. It is put then, that clay which is acceptable, it is placed on the wheel. The man then or the woman then begins with the pedal to spin that clay. And the master begins to shape it with his hands. It is the intention in this story of the potter that he makes something beautiful, that he makes a beautiful vase, something useful, something that would bring pleasure to those who viewed it or who used it. And so the pot is being shaped on the potter's wheel. But the clay would not run in the master's hands. It was marred. Not because the potter marred it, but because the clay would not cooperate with the potter. Now let's be clear in this story It is not saying that you are without choices. First Peter would certainly not teach that you are without choices. You do have choices. It is your choice for how you will respond to the potter as he has you on the wheel. And you know that after the vessel is created, It then goes in the oven and it is put under immense heat. Now, under immense heat, some vessels were cracking. Those vessels would come out of the oven cracked and they would be thrown out into the potter's field where all the shreds were of pottery, utterly useless, no longer of value. those vessels that were fired might be fired a number of different times because glazes would be placed on them and then they would be fired again. And then they would be set up on the shelf to cool. Some of you today are in the potter's hands. Some of you have already been put in the oven and the heat is pretty high. And now you're going to have to decide, are you going to trust Almighty God with the work He has done in your life? Are you going to trust Him in the prayer closet? Are you going to trust Him? Are you going to turn to unrighteousness and be a cracked pot? In that day in the marketplace, if you went to buy a new pot, you would ask the question, is this a sincere pot? 
Meaning, is this pot cracked and then you filled it in with a temporary substance so that when I take it home and I use it on the fire, is the wax going to mild out of the crack? And I discover that my pot is an insincere pot. Well, God is looking for sincere pots, not filled in with wax. So some of you are on the shelf right now. And you have to decide, are you going to crack? And then is the master going to fill you in with wax? No, Jesus won't do that. He is calling us to be holy even as he is holy. Set apart for a special purpose, for his divine purpose, to serve him. So after the pot comes out of the kiln, it's placed on the shelf to dry, to cool down. Some of you are on that shelf. You feel like there's nothing you can do worthwhile for the kingdom of God. You love Jesus with all of your heart. You know what your abilities are, but no one wants those abilities. You're sitting on the shelf to cool down. I spoke with a man yesterday, very frustrated because there's nothing he can do. And he feels dead. Why? Because he's just come out of the heat. And now he's on the cooling shelf. Now God may add a glaze to him and put him back in the oven. God's done that to me many times. Again, I can choose to crack. I can choose to object, to become angry, to say this is not fair. Have you ever heard life is not fair? <laughs> Nobody said it had to be fair. We're in God's hands. Even you who are pagans listening to this broadcast, you are in God's hands. And you must be sanctified. You must be made holy. Or you're going to be thrown out into the potter's field of death. The potter's field filled with shreds is only a place for burying the dead. It's a field of blood. Judas hung himself, went to the potter's field. I don't want that for any of you. I want you to recognize where you're at in the process. And I want you to lift up holy hands before the Lord and praise his name and worship him. Now, the pot that the potter was shaping in verse 4 from the clay was marred in his hands. In other words, the clay did not run in his hands. I've watched this so many times. 
There's a coffee house in Washington, D.C. called the Potter's House. When they first opened and I first went to the Potter's House, there was an actual potter sitting in the window working and people would stand outside and watch the potter at work. And then they would sell the the various things he would make in their little store in the coffee house called the potter's house. It was owned by Church of the Savior, a, a church that I had great admiration for. I joined one of their mission groups. I served on the Thursday night potter's house mission group and waited tables. It was a very educational time for me, a humbling time. It was part of the Lord putting me on the potter's wheel. It was marred. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. So if this clay is not going to run in the hands of the potter so that God can make it into what he chooses to make you into, if you block and refuse and time after time refuse to cooperate with God in your life, if you keep going back to the sin, at some point, God is going to say to you, I can't make of your life what I want to make. So instead, I'm going to make you into a rude and crude pot. And I'm going to pour the wrath of my judgments into you as a rude and crude pot. God designed America to be a light on the hill. He designed America to be a Christian nation. He designed America to be a godly people. He gave us a wonderful form. Us the incredible Bill of Rights. God ordained America to be holy, to be righteous. Even in my lifetime, I have seen America turn its back on God, taking prayer out of the schoolhouse, while Russia, a nation we have scorned, has regular scripture taught in their schools. They have regular times of prayer to the Almighty God in their schools. While America has taken the Lord Jesus, the great God of heaven, out of the schools. Likewise, God intended a woman's womb to be the safest place in the world. And instead, America has made the womb into an utterly unsafe place, murdering the babies. 
He created America to be righteous and just. Out of America poured missionaries by the thousands, going to every nation in the world proclaiming the gospel of Jesus. But no longer. Every wicked thing has come in America. Anger, bitterness, racial injustice. We're a legal nation, but we are no longer a just nation. And so God has begun to pour into this pot rude and crude his judgment he's pouring into America and the world his judgment against evil against murder against violence against injustice against corruption God's judgment is being poured out on the world and if you read the book of Revelation, you'll find that pestilence was but merely one of the judgments that he would send. That he would also send famine. Judgments of of every kind poured out on the world and on a, on America. And now I'm crying out to God. And I'm saying, oh God, have mercy on America. We were created to be righteous and holy as a nation. We were given righteous and holy laws. We were given righteous leaders. And now corruption on every side. Injustice on every side. And so in this potter's house, the clay was marred. It would not run in the hands of the potter. And so the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. You see, God chooses what he will create. God has not forgotten America. America is either going to face the most devastating plagues that we could ever imagine with with disease, plagues, pestilence, famine, volcanoes, earthquakes, tornadoes, drought. All of these are described in Scripture as a part of what God pours into that rude pot that refuses to be shaped by the hand of God. And so God finally shapes it into a rude pot and pours into it his judgments. In the story of the potter's house, in verse 5, the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, O house of America, can I not do with you as this potter does, declares the Lord 
like clay in the hand of the potter, so you are in my hand. O house of Israel, O house of America, we are in the hand of God. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation, I warned, repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. This is true not just of a nation. It's true of a church. It's true of a person. It is God who shapes according to his will, and when we reject that shaping by his will, when we reject his destiny for us, when in pride and arrogance we rise up and say, I'm not going to change, when we rise up in our spirit and say, Pastor, don't tell me to repent. I don't need to repent. I repented a long time ago, and I'm saved even in the midst of my sin. You are utterly rejecting the will of God for you, and his judgment will come. His judgment will come and be poured into your rude pot because God can't shape you the way he wants to shape you. We're facing that right now in America. O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does? Oh, it's not time to pray for America. It's time to pray for repentance and to pray that America will repent. I can't ask God to lift this Corvina virus from America without first praying that God will call this nation to repent and that he will pour out his Holy Spirit in mighty power. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel, O house of America. The Lord has announced that America will fall Babylon will fall and be utterly destroyed. I know God is planning to destroy America. That grieves my heart, and I weep for America. But I also know that if we repent, if we get right with God, if we deal justly in our courts, if we stop the abortion of the babies and we plead before heaven on the part and he will bring the destiny of America as a as a light on the hill bring it to pass but if we do not repent of our sin as a corporate nation has declared destruction for you and for this nation. Now therefore say to the people of Judah 
and those living in Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. Look, I am preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you. So turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your ways and your actions. So the call of God right now to America, because God is planning to destroy this nation, even as he planned to destroy Nineveh. And the prophet Jonah went and announced the destruction of Nineveh, and the king humbled his heart. And the city of Nineveh, a very wicked city, humbled its heart before God, and God relented and did not destroy them. Turn from your evil ways. Each one of you, this is very personal. Turn your televisions off. Stop watching the corruption, the vile wickedness that is pouring forth from the modern media and Hollywood. It is the most despicable kind of utter wickedness, vile wickedness. Turn it off. Begin to search the scriptures and pray and ask the Almighty God to come and shape us into that beautiful that beautiful piece of art he wanted to create of us. Reform your ways and your actions. That is, not just nationally, but individually we must do this. And I am calling. I am calling for, for men and women to pray. To pray. On Friday, God willing, I'm going to open this broadcast. I'm going to invite you to call and pray and cry out to God for this nation to repent of your own sin, to get right with God. Verse 12. With tears, Jeremiah says, But they will reply, It's no use. We will continue with our own plans. Each of us will follow the stubbornness of his evil heart. It's no use. We will continue with our own plans. Each of us will follow the stubbornness of his evil heart. Oh, I pray that's not your situation today. I pray you will not harden your heart against the Almighty God. I pray that you will turn with soberness and cry out to God. He continues, O oh Lord, the word is in my heart like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Do you understand? I have to come and proclaim this word to you. I don't have a choice. 
it's time to repent and leave your churchanity. Leave your casual religion, your entertaining pastor. It's time to turn. Pastor, it's time to get right with God. It's time to proclaim the word of God that nation, that the nation, that America is going to be utterly shoved into the most desperate kind of financial crisis we've ever faced as a nation in a depression much worse than 1929. God's judgment is upon this land. And we must repent. And we must get right with God. Now, please... I've shared the word of God with you. I've spoken it honestly to you. First Peter. Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth. So that you have sincere love for your brothers. Love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living, enduring word of God. I want that joyous experience to be yours, where you turn to the Almighty God, you surrender to Him, you repent of your sin, and the joy of the Lord begins to fill your heart. And no matter what the hard times are, you will greatly rejoice, even though you have to suffer trials. You will have such rejoicing in your heart. I woke up yesterday. I woke up again today with great rejoicing in my heart. For God is a God of love and compassion and mercy. He does not willingly bring the COVID virus on America or the world. But he has no choice. We have rejected him. We have rejected righteousness. We've rejected the word of the living God. And this is a corrective. It is a prescribed corrective corrective for America and for the world. He's calling us to offer our bodies as living sacrifices to search the scriptures. You're home now. We're all shut in. What are you going to do with your time? Will you spend it getting right with God and loving other people, reaching out and ministering? I want to pray for you. Lord, I want to pray for those today first who are in the valley of decision. I ask Almighty God that if they're pagan or in the valley of decision, that you would bring them to full repentance right now. I'm asking, Lord, for the pouring out of your Holy Spirit and revival power to turn the heart of men and women now in this city to righteousness, to you, Jesus. Lord, I'm asking for those lukewarm Christians to be set on fire. I'm asking for those lukewarm pastors to be set on fire. 
I'm asking that we would see a new thing in this city of Washington, D.C., that people in the world would look with awe on what the holy God of heaven is accomplishing in the hearts of men and women and boys and girls in this great metro area. And Lord, then I need to pray for those men and women, boys and girls, who are utterly sold out to you. The ones who perhaps are in the fire right now, not knowing how they'll pay their rent, or not knowing where food will come from. They're right in the midst of the fire. Lord, would you cause them to trust in you and to cry aloud until their prayers are answered, for you are a God who answers the prayers of your people. I ask, Lord, if there are any discouraged today or their knees are growing weak, would you strengthen them by your Spirit? And, Lord, I plead today for those men and women who feel as though they've been put on the shelf and they have no value. They've been through a storm. Would you let the healing balm of Gilead flow through their hearts and their minds and their bodies? And would you assure them today that you do have a purpose for them, that they will serve you in this great revival that's about to break out in Washington, D.C.? Yea, not just in Washington, but in the in the world. As one final gathering comes at the proclamation of the holy gospel of yours, Jesus. I pray for those today who who are saying, How can I make it through this? Lord, fill their hearts with joy, fill their hearts with praise and worship. Cause them to lift up their hands and worship you, Jesus, and honor your mighty name, for you're in charge. It's all according to your plan. So, Lord, I plead today, right now, also for those men and women who know how to pray, who know how to intercede with you, Lord, will you bless them by giving them encouragement in their prayers of intercession for the lost and the dying. So many times, Jesus, you have come to me and you have breathed into me the breath of life and you've encouraged me as I cry out before you for the lost and the dying. Oh, Lord. I plead your blood. I plead your mercy for your people. For there are many in this city who are sold out to you, Jesus, unsung, not known by anyone. But, oh, my Lord, they love you with all of their heart. I pray you will put your arms around them now and encourage their hearts and give them power in prayer to cry out for their wicked family members or their lukewarm family members. Lord, ignite a fire in the city today. I plead your mercy, Jesus. Have your way. Ignite a fire among the lost and the dying that they would turn to you before they're taken out by this virus. Oh, Lord, have your way. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. 
I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. It's time for revival in the city. It's time for repentance. I pray today has encouraged your heart and directed your steps. You can write to me, the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Or you can go online to nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online. This is a faith ministry. I stand by faith in Jesus. I have no ability to continue this broadcast. Church is not meeting. Everything is closed. But I pray your heart is not closed and that the Spirit of God is moving in power upon you and enabling you to give that this broadcast could continue. If you'll stand with me, with the Holy Spirit, this word, this unvarnished word of the gospel will go forth day after day. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. To keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. With great joy. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy with Christ of